I remember being at Monsters where they would have Q&A paddle panels and eight out of 10 choreographers would be like, YouTube is the devil. YouTube wow. will end our society and dance. <laughs> yeah. Wow. For real. And I'm sitting there like, whoops. <laughs> like, pretty much my whole thing. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> hey, the CZ Podcast is brought to you by us, CZ Studio, the number one dance app on the App Store and Google Play Store with over 1 million downloads. We provide curated online dance classes taught by the world's best instructors. Why did we create CZ? To help you reach your dance goals one step at a time. Whether that goal is to perform with the biggest and best musical artists in the world or just be the life of the party at your cousin's wedding. I'm your host, Clay Boonsnocket. Let's get to it. Hi, Ian. <laughs> We back in. Go. We back in here. All right, we're going to pick back up. If you haven't listened to part one of this podcast, you can go back an episode. Tune it's before part one. two. It's before. It's the one that happens previously. Pre two. And, and, That's what we're titling episode pre one. Pre two. It's the prequel to part two. It's the prequel of part two. <laughs> Yes. I love, so, I love it. I love it. So in our, in our first episode, we talked a lot about your journey in music. We talked about Young Lions, the sort yeah. of the innovations around there yeah. and how that really cultivated your growth as well as a lot of the Chicago dance um, scene. Yeah. And man, so much more. But now we're going to get into more dancey, dancey stuff. Love it. Right? Nerd time. Nerd time. <laughs> so, okay. One thing that is really nerve-wracking yeah. for a lot of people is when they get a dance gig. Because mm-hmm. uh, there's not a rule book, a guidebook on how to do that. Yeah, I'm really curious because was your first dance gig the Black Eyed Peas experience? Yeah. There's a video game, right? Yeah. Okay. Tell me about when you got that. Yeah. Before, during, and after. Yeah, totally. That's a great story. It's like my... It's like... The definition of my career moving forward in LA. After okay, that. okay. How, how, when was this? So this is gonna be 2011. This is the year that I graduated high school. Okay. I just moved to LA, and then I had done my world tour for the first time, so like by myself because my parents, one of my parents, would come with me when I was going overseas, 16 to 18 years old. Okay. So 18. I do my first whole summer by myself. I do nine dance camps, uh, seven countries, two of them twice or three of them twice. It's like exhausting. 54 classes in like 50 days. How was your body? It was really bad at the end. Fair play. It was my first year doing fair play. By the time I got to fair play, fair play dance camp, fair play dance camp, I taught, um, I think, probably four or five classes with pink eye both eyes both yes i've never heard that because i thought it was i was in sweden i remember i saw this dude who had pink eye and it was all the dap ups (gasps) and i just didn't think anything of it and i like a day later (laughs) they tell me it's crazy allergy like there's crazy pollen and stuff in sweden and i'm like itching my eyes i'm like oh i got Pollen allergies, and I just re I infect both eyes. Oh no! Crazy. And then I was in Germany at UDC after that, and then Urban Dance Camp, yeah. And it's like, you know, it's free Medicare or whatever, but it's like <laughs> they got old 
shit. So it's like they're giving me an eye cream <laughs> instead of eye drops. And I'm like, bro, this is not Greek yogurt going like, to work. <laughs> I'm like, I have to be in front of people, bro. Yeah. Like, you know. So I just suffered through it and like <laughs> literally just like kept to myself and didn't, you know, whatever. But it was I, I was spent at the end. I got wow. sick. Like there is no way. It was all bad so um but it was amazing first time ever like being on my own and like you know traveling around so i had all that under my belt and all that momentum under me Mm -hmm. and independence and all that stuff um and you know i'm paying for my own apartment i'm going to college on my own i'm like i have this whole plan yeah and from the moment I started choreographing and dancing and going to Monsters, I decided I'm going to move to L.A. to pursue mm-hmm. choreography. Yeah. That's what I want to do. And so I get out there and like now I've already had some unexpected success with traveling and teaching. Yes. Because the whole traveling and teaching YouTube thing was something that didn't exist from 10 to 16 years years old at all to even be a goal mm-hmm. so i'm like living a goal that's becoming my goal in real time mm-hmm. that you know so it, was, it you can't be particularly overtly excited about something you're like i don't know what this yeah. is this could end tomorrow yeah, really, nowadays I'm, people are like international choreographer that was yeah, not a thing that's what i want no not yeah. a thing at all it was like how can i do this so i can pay rent <laughs> so i can be a professional choreographer in yeah. la and that was kind of my plan okay and um, definitely at the time, like the fact that you were teaching anywhere and put videos up on YouTube immediately discredited you in the commercial world. Oh, really? 100% a thing. I didn't know that. You're a YouTube choreographer. Ah, like how they talk about TikTok. TikTok dancer. 100%. Exactly. I'm a like TikTok that. dancer. Yeah. <laughs> I dance on TikTok, bro. I dance on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, no, literally. So, like, even my training grounds where I grew up, I'm going to credit most of my training. I remember being at Monsters where they would have Q&A paddle panels and eight out of ten choreographers would be like, YouTube is the devil. YouTube wow. will end our society and dance. <laughs> yeah. Wow. For real. And I'm sitting there like, whoops. <laughs> like, pretty much my whole thing. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> pretty much the whole thing I do. Like... Uh, you know, and so when I moved out here, I already knew I was fighting that reputation. Wow. Mm. And not being taken seriously, for sure. And then my agent at the time was even telling me quite literally that I needed to not take up getting booked on gigs because I needed to stay in town tentatively for non-existent auditions that might come up. Is it like paying your dues? Is that like... That was exact quote that was told to me (laughs) and i was like um i get it but what you're saying in reality is that i need to forfeit guaranteed pay based on my own merit and value and likeness for maybe dancer pay for a gig that might not even literally exist at all like he, they were saying that I should stay back even if there isn't an audition during that time in case one pops up because that's the biz and that's LA and I'm like I don't know if that's gonna work for me you know hey. especially because they didn't get like I was so far at the front of something the agencies were dismissing the 
earning potential that I had and reality uh, that I had. I within, mean, you're the only 18 year old, 16 right. year old, 18 year old kid making totally. money around the world. Totally. They're like, they're like, this is not a thing. This is just a like commercial. a side. <laughs> yeah, totally. They're yeah. like, this is just a side thing because Marty and those guys were doing it. Mm-hmm which was probably their side cash, but it was like, well, their main thing is doing the VMA. Exactly. And it's like- That's a big difference. Their side hustle is our whole hustle. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yep. yep. And it's like, if I'm gonna sit here in LA and get told it's never gonna happen, it's never gonna happen, it's never gonna happen, it's like, well, why don't I just go where I'm getting respected and totally. like people rock with me, yeah. you know? So I've, I was really discouraged from a couple meetings with my agent. Um, and basically, cause I said I wanted to be a choreographer. And my agent was like, you're going to have to pay your dues. Ha, ha, ha. Never going to happen. And I was like, I feel like you laughing at me is not the vibe of who I wanted to be represented by. This is kind of like a day's story. Yes. Ada had a very similar story. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, it's LA. Yep. Shout out LA. Shout out LA. Um, so yeah, it was like super discouraging. And I got this gig. And uh, because at that point, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to really go do these auditions because I don't know if... I want to commit to being a tour dancer when people already look at me as a choreographer. Mm. So I was like, in that case, I'm going to basically avoid those bigger cattle call auditions. And unless you guys really have something that I could just plug in, that's like the type of things that are like castings where it's like show up, dance for 30 seconds, see you later. Really quick. Uh, yeah. What is a cattle call casting? Yeah. Cattle call is like everyone and their mom gets invited to audition for the new Justin Bieber tour or the new Janet Jackson tour. And it's like you will obviously get a call from your agent, but also it's an open call. Yeah. So it's like you, you can't even get in sometimes in L.A. Yeah. can just like put on some sneakers and show up. And what you wanted was? What I wanted was basically like to, I I was putting it like, okay, maybe I'm not gonna choreograph for Chris Brown tomorrow, but I also know that there's up and coming artists that are seeking choreography. Yeah. And there's probably some of them that are even watching my videos. And they just couldn't even understand. Like, that was just so, that was just like their brain just exploded on impact of me saying stuff like that. Like, it was just like, no. Yeah, you you don't get it. Yeah, 100% that. 100% that. And so, um, I had only agreed to do basically, um, yeah, the, the casting style auditions where it's like, I get that I'm getting called in based off of a headshot. Sure. And it doesn't really matter how well I dance. Yeah. But at least it's not my whole day or two days or three days for something I know I'm not going to do. Yeah. You know? So I was like, okay, I'm cool. I'm cool to go in for castings. And I did this casting and then um, it was for Black Eyed Peas Experience. Mm. And I was like, sick. Like, I'm in LA one month. Got my first audition while I was still sleeping on the carpet. Didn't have a bed yet. Um, And I was like, this is sick. And so I go to the audition and I get it. And then I go to the first rehearsal and I was super unfamiliar with how rehearsals work and just how all of that, cause I'm from the community. Yeah. So I'm just like, I don't know, a couple hours on a Friday. Like That's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, like, these are like full work days. Yeah, exactly. It's eight out. Well, the, cause it's like, um, you know, usually eight hour rehearsal days is what you get paid for. Mm. 
it's like two, I mean, it's probably more now, but it, um, it was like 250 for a rehearsal day, um, like for Dancers Alliance rates and then whatever, 500 or 700 or something like that for a shoot day. Yeah. And, um, I didn't understand the process of like, you got to hit the eight hour mark or mm. in theory, you're kind of like low ball and you're kind of like screwing over the production oh, in a I sense, see, I see. right? Because they're like, we want to know there's a full rehearsal day. Was I don't know. It's so old school. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So basically, I got put on to the fact that a lot of times, at maybe not as much anymore, but a lot of times for choreographers, those are run out the clock situations. Oh. Do you get what I'm saying? That so sounds... something, yeah. <laughs> so oh. something that could be done in quite literally 20 minutes or maybe on set because you have professional dancers, they just drag it for eight hours. Or they don't show up. Or sometimes choreographers, and this is something choreographers definitely still do today, which I guess there isn't anything wrong with, and I did this for a while, which is choreograph what you need to do on the spot. Yeah. Which I think is fair for like, let's say you're doing a tour and you're the head choreographer and it's like, we're rehearsing for two months. Yeah. So it's like, Maybe have four or five numbers that you do make up on the spot in rehearsals. It's like, what are we going to do eight hours a day for two months? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that makes sense. But, like, like juicing juicing the production, you know what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. Um, is something I learned about. And so I step in and I'm, like, doing the two. I mean, dude, it's it's a dance video game. It's like. Yeah two-step yeah you know what i'm saying and i'm like all right we're done like 20 like 30 minutes in i'm like okay we're done yeah and then the assistant was like just kept dragging it and i'm like so like when are we like this is like we did a bunch of breaks i'm like what do we got breaks for (laughs) like are we tired or like what i'm so lost and everybody else is a working dancer in LA. That's just the norm. So they're just all comfortable. And I'm just like, oh. I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> you know? And also everybody's doing this like very like pretend thing. You know, you where they're pretend like thing? pretending that they're challenged by the material. Like, and, now, and when you do this, like, is it your... <laughs> and I'm just like, bro, it's two-step. Like, how many? Bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, what count? Like... Whoa, what? <laughs> like, you know? That's so uncomfortable. It, totally. Ooh. Totally. And uh, it's just funny because nowadays, nowadays I've done actually a couple of these for Nintendo Switch. Uh. And I know the director. And he just has me come in on the day. And actually, some of them I should be coming in early because sometimes it's been like not with dancers and with influencers or something. Oh. And it would be maybe nice to have a rehearsal day where I'm like, hey, do you, yeah. have you ever done anything involving dance before? Like, you know, maybe, you know. But yeah. it can be done mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm a professional choreographer. It's like, yeah. let's just make it happen. And... So this is so crazy that this happened this way. And so um, about four hours go by, which is a long time. It's a lot of (laughs) two-stepping. It's a lot. And for me, that's a long time. Four hours is a long time. And so then the choreographer comes in and um, they're wearing their shades. Wait, then the choreographer comes in? Yes. Then the choreographer comes in. Four hours. What? what Four hours. Before that? Just the assistant. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to LA part two. <laughs> All right. 
I'm, I'm like learning all this the same way you guys are learning all this. Yeah. And at 18, I'm like, like, okay. <laughs> so, the car, and I kept going, where's the choreographer? Where's the choreographer? <laughs> oh, they're coming. Okay. So, choreographer shows up wearing their shades and uh, goes to the front of the room and sits against the mirrors and has the assistant come over. And then for the rest of the entire rehearsal, uh, the choreographer never addressed any of the dancers directly Blah. and only talked to the assistant. And we're like the distance, like this distance. Oh, that's so not hot. Oh my God. Like super 2000s, bro. Like, like just like the epitome of like, it was just LA. And like everything I thought LA would be, it was ex- like just happening exactly in front of my face in real time. And I was just like, I don't know if this is my vibe, you know? Mm-hmm. And then again, everybody's, then everybody like boosted the sucking up like exponential. Then it was like, oh, and oh my God, I just <laughs> quit it, bro. I just, I don't even have to say anything. You can just tell, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just couldn't take it. And I just saw, all these people just like pretending like like they're dance impaired for the <laughs> sake of this like choreographer's ego. And I was just like, I don't know what is happening right now, Man. you know, because I'm also looking at it like because I grew up in the community, it's all about the community yeah. and us like talking to each other, meeting each other. Yeah, at least, at least pound it. Yeah. <laughs> you like, know? you know, saying what's <laughs> up, like, or just then even being from a neighborhood, it's just like, bro, address, like say hello That's to it. people. Like say hello. Like, Everyone wants to be in that position. Yeah. Everyone there wants to roll up in shades and not talk to people too, so. Yeah, like, and I just felt like about how I just like kept sitting there in shock and disbelief and just being grounded in like, I'm not about to pretend. Like, yeah, that's my vibe. That's like, because I imagine how my parents would react if they were in the room <laughs> to seeing me act that way. Yeah. And it's just like, where I'm from, it's just like, just don't be a prick. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, just... Talk to people. Yeah. Like, that's how you, you, it's collaboration. It's like, that's how you get things done. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You stay in people's good graces and it comes around very mm-hmm. often. Mm-hmm. And I was just so disheveled by that. I just like was so thrown off and had such a bad taste in my mouth. I was just like, especially because I saw how comfortable all the dancers were signing up to be in that environment. I, uh just was like i don't think this is for me really you know and honestly the shoot day was fine you know this choreographer is a massive choreographer they've done amazing things huge things so they handled all of the like in-betweens of like how to deal with producers how to deal with directors all the things that i probably didn't see or have any Mm -hmm. understanding of at that time i'm sure that they handled like um incredibly um but yeah, like as far as I felt as a dancer, I basically vowed at that moment. I was like, whenever I get in that position, that's not about to be my vibe yeah. at all. You know, I'm yeah. going to totally switch that up as far as my experiences go mm-hmm. and what I want my dancers to feel like when they've 
actually gotten a gig because by the way that gig is a one-time thing like it's not going to pay everybody's bills for an extended period of time so i think i felt that choreographers acting that way in general was such a backwards approach to helping uplift other dancers in a thing that's already so difficult to monetize and like to then be like felt like you're less than someone within your own camp like in theory the choreographer is really supposed to protect you as dancers on a gig you know because it's the the choreographer should be standing there going like hey that dancer is not a stunt double yeah or hey that dancer is um getting an extras rate right now and they're doing choreography now yeah they need to be paid as a you know that's kind of like the choreographer's due diligence on set but i think a lot of it has it's it's the you said you know they should be defending they should be the one championing them but a lot of times we end up not we but a lot of people end up projecting what they experienced throughout their life 100 percent, right so like they had to go through all that their 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 choreographer was that way too they were two generations before me the way i'm coming to set saying oh it's this is that it's like well they never had that experience yeah they weren't hanging on their own with choreographers in their basement exactly exactly (laughs) and just like coming together and doing cool high level dance in another country like that's wasn't happening no so you know it's it's definitely worlds apart and that's not necessarily the industry everywhere you go and every time right that's that's a really big thing to note totally thanks for sharing that yeah i don't think i'll ever understand that mindset of like because i had to suffer through this everyone like that's the way to make it or i don't know if it's like it's just not my vibe same (laughs) you know i'm too soft i can't do that agree and i i basically approached a lot of my dance career in that space of like hmm while i can respect the results that a lot of these types of choreographers Mm -hmm. and drill sergeants do yield and pull out of people that I am one to completely crack under that pressure. So I want Same. to encourage people that are feel like me that maybe that isn't the way they have to do it. And they can they can carve out their own path that they feel safe, uplifted, encouraged yeah. in their more less confident moments. And I want to create and curate that space If anything, because I'm going to be the one that's honest about the dance world of that. It's so hard to get to the point where you can monetize at all. I'm not going to be one to tear you down in the space where we're barely able to get our foot through the door in the first place. Like, if anything, we need to be coming as a unified front to the entire production, artist, label. We need to have our stuff together so that people can actually understand what our worth is. Because the moment we then start slamming people down and then it's like, this person said this, and and then it's just like, how are we ever gonna ascend this thing? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because (sighs) I do produce things as a producer on music videos Mm -hmm. and whatever, and quite frankly, I really do understand why music videos or artists look at dancers as a line item that they just can't afford. Yeah. I mean, if I'm making if I'm making a fifteen to twenty thousand dollar music video, which very often is all labels are willing to pay these days, between camera and location, I'm at ten grand. So I still got wardrobe, I still got makeup, I still got 
crafty. I still got Yourself. meals for the day myself and all the six jobs I'm doing that I'm getting one paycheck for yep. because I can't afford to hire the rest of the people. Yep. How am I going to afford to, well, I'm a dancer. I'm not going to lowball my dancers. Mm-hmm. Then I'm telling the act, well, I can only get two dancers for this budget. Then they're looking at it like, well, what do I need two dancers for? Unless it's a dance video. Yeah. And then it gets into this whole thing. It's like, I can't even at the lowest rate convince people sometimes that it's worth it to book us mm-hmm. because the moment you start going volume and paying dance okay i want a dance breakdown at the end i want 10 dancers i'm like do you really want 10 dancers you gotta really want that <laughs> because i'm not going to be the choreographer to lowball these dancers mm-hmm. but then i'll find unique ways to try and get dancers where it's like mm, okay i'll get quote unquote um for freestyle or street dancers that i as a dancer and choreographer will pay them for a full shoot day but i know i'm only going to have them do one round yeah unlike a a director that might not know and so they're having them do 20 rounds just keep doing it like they do with other talent it's like i know that they're gonna value that at like shoot okay come to an ian eastwood set dance one time 500 bucks or 650 or whatever the going rate is all right, I'll come through and yeah, do that. Yeah, for a it's round, like half of a, a day. round two, that's great. You know, yeah, exactly. So it's like I'll try and piecemeal it so it's worth it for the dancers, mm-hmm. worth it for whatever, and then certain things like if I'm producing the video, I'll do something like I'm gonna pay dancers rates for rehearsals, but it's gonna go per rehearsals, and no one on production or anything needs to know how long these rehearsals are. I know I need two rehearsals. I don't need to explain to you why I need two days, two hours this day, and four hours this day. We don't need to hit eight hours for no reason yeah. just to waste time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because then I also know if this dancer is only making $750 off this video or $1,000 off this video, how am I going to take them away from their day job Yeah, for an eight-hour rehearsal where they're wasting their time? It's like it just becomes so difficult. Yeah. You know? And so I always want to be that person in the dance community to my best ability per the opportunities in front of me to disperse the funds in a way that I feel like is fair and in line with the work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I've done all aspects of it too. And I'm like, I get what it's like to just need work. So yeah. it's like, mm, maybe my value is more than that, but like, I need this job right now. Man, it's such a, it's, it's so cool that you did experience such difficulties early on so that you can reflect those in in your later jobs and opportunities. And I just think one of my favorite things I've been hearing from you is that I I think one of your greatest skills... Ooh, let me know. I'd love to hear this. He said, tell me more. It's being very handsome. No, um, it's, uh, it's <laughs> how do you do it? That too, but it's a uh, fact check. <laughs> Agreed. There you go. Um, it's, you are a curator mm. in all senses. And mm. I think a lot of that feels like it was picked up from your parents. Definitely. And it's not curation of, of the highest forms. Yeah. Because the coolest thing about your cura- curation is that it involves hospitality and it involves people on a more grounded level Mm. it's taking leaps 
but not because you're like, ooh, this is a risk I'm willing to take, but it's because you really love people. Yeah. And totally. Man, like I can see that because your parents are those people. Like, yeah. Like from from what I know, always hospitable. Yes. Always, I mean, even though it, it was uh, beneficial to you to bring Half people over. the dance over. community has slept over at my <laughs> childhood home. I'll be there. I'll be there soon. <laughs> I, I, I've yet to do it. So. <laughs> like, slept over, like sleepover. Yeah. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> and I, I, lo- I love that. And, it, you know, here you are. You've moved into a phase of being a director, being a producer, choreographer, whatever you need to be. But you're always trying to champion people in the way that you wanted mm. to be championed. Mm, and I totally. think that is curation of the highest form you're mm-hmm. not picking and placing mm-hmm. you are navigating yeah. that journey you're making sure that it's not that this person is in this right place yeah it's that everything leading up to that is honoring yeah totally and i really respect that Ian. that means a lot to me bro because i feel that the reason i do that is because i'm a particularly sensitive person i'm super sensitive boys club sensitive boys club (laughs) me too i'm very sensitive and i take a lot of stuff to heart and like i've had a long history of that in my life and i always just think about it of like I never thought that I'd be in the position to actually influence people. Mm. So now that I am, because I'm such a big fan of all, like so many things, I think about how much the very small moments that people I've looked up to have taken to um, entertain me, basically, mm. and like just give me some of their time and how much it catapulted me in the course of my whole life. Yeah. Sometimes very small moments. Yeah. You know, and small things that gave me so much validation um, that I seek opportunities to do the same. And maybe even in ways that I have searched for hoping that someone would do for me. Um, But it's hard to go out of your way for something that might not pay off or whatever or if you're just really focused on your path yeah it's really hard to think like oh this random kid that's messaging me today if i say something to them encouraging them they could be the next me 10 years from now that is such a wild thing that like i feel so blessed to have experienced right (laughs) like just randomly like responding to a person they're like i made it onto my dream team because you answered me and it gave me the encouragement I needed. Think and about that. That's, and I get it. We can't always give, give, give. We totally. need to reserve when we need our space and set boundaries. But when you can yeah. honor others, it's such a special moment. And it, it, it's really just time. You're spending your time. Yeah. You know, and time is money, obviously. Mm-hmm. But also it's like that value of that time could be vastly different proportionally to each party Mm -hmm. so my 30 seconds here could like shift the course of someone's whole life it's true you know and i've felt that way many times from receiving time of other people you know yeah so it's like like little things like wiggles is still my mentor right now but i remember feeling and can see with my brain's eye the moments where I'm 11, 12 years old and the rest of the class left for a lunch break in the kids room and I hung back 
and Wiggs just chill with me and taught me the backslide on my knees. Or he was autographing everybody's hoodie and he would just do his quick throw up tag Wiggs on yeah. theirs. But he took my hoodie and he got a Sharpie out and he went to the side and he spent 15 minutes doing a tag across the whole bottom of the hood Sheesh. and talked to me the whole time. Yeah. And I'm 29 now. <laughs> and I remember it from being 12. Enamored. And just thinking like, this is special. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that impacts me today. Mm-hmm. And I still talk to him today, you know? Yeah. And now there's kids that are 21, 22 that were 10 when I was teaching them. Yeah. And now they're an adult. Like... I don't know if I told you, because we've done like a bunch of just different stuff and content. I don't know if I told you there was this one moment I was at the studio Mm. and Sean Liu, Josh Price, and Julian DeGuzman get in Sean Liu's car and are backing out of my driveway. And I'm like, what is happening? I'm like, what is going on? Like, I have exact moment memories that feel like yesterday where Sean Lou's got the chubby cheeks. I know. And the I, custom, I went to Delos with him. He was this, uh, as tall as my hip. The custom gold outfit that his mom made him. He was coming through with the custom fit. And then Josh Price, happy as a clam. Also, like almost didn't care about dance and was just hyped to be a kid with all the other kids and then he's like the ultimate dance nerd now yeah and like just seeing like their whole thing you know and then just seeing them stay together and it be 10 years and then i'm like looking at them in the car leaving my driveway i'm like this is crazy bro you know yeah so it's like moments like that like blow your mind well how about we Let's try to blow some minds right now. Yeah. <laughs> some people might be a little nervy to yeah. reach out. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we give some practicals? Yeah. Let's 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 see what are some practical things that a person who wants to become a professional dancer yeah. of some type, you can be specific about a certain course. Um yeah. what is something they can put into motion starting now in order to mm. build momentum on that track? So and oh. by professional dancer, I am referring to a person who can get paid through their dancing. That's mm. it. The main question, because that forks off into two things. Okay. Professional dancer, like work for hire gun. Okay. Or based off of their own... Choreography? Like their own IP. Of their I own, see, I see. Like face, merit, likeness. I'm going to say that I think... A lot of people start on the course of learning and using doing other people's choreography, yes. being a dancer, and yes. then learning how to show their IP or getting the opportunity to show yes. So let's start from the other realm. So I would say as far as that, the first thing to do is become as big of a nerd of dance as you can become. I love that. That's number one because that's free. <laughs> yes. That's yes. free. And the volume of material that's available is like astronomical Mm. compared to what it was when I was getting on YouTube in 2005, 2006, when I'm some of the first dance videos on YouTube. Yeah. So it's like, 
I mean, you could sit there and watch hours of my videos. Like yeah. when people go, when I meet people and they're like, where do I watch your videos? I'm like, just type my name in, bro. Like there's videos. <laughs> it exists. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of videos of me dancing, bro. Like, you know? Yeah. And so there's just so much that you can go down so many rabbit holes that are so different in dance. Like you could go down a crump rabbit hole and then you're like, even me and Brian, when we were living together, we would have our own rabbit holes that we're going now where it's like every crump battle that comes out, me and Brian are watching it between classes. And like, and we were still full on fans of aspects of dance Mm -hmm. that we weren't well versed in, you Mm -hmm. know, because it's just like, were invested into what's happening within that community and interested and intrigued on what are the developments and you know so i think basically getting as looped in as possible to what's prominent and present within the dance community via social media Mm -hmm. and online content that's available and free and then immediately plugging in with whoever does dance at the highest level locally. Mm. So hold on, because yeah. I think there's something really interesting to start with the um, with the, the sort of research and rabbit holing, because yeah. one thing that you're saying is being a nerd yeah. is, is one of the best first steps. And I really like that because when you're a nerd, yeah. you have a lot more questions than other people because you're not quite satisfied with what you have. But yeah. which, what you realize really quickly when you go down rabbit holes is you don't quite know how to ask the right questions yet. And I think that is actually one of the biggest learning experiences. Mm. It's less about getting the information, but more about learning how to get better information. Totally. Man, the amount of times I'm like, um, hip hop move. (laughs) And it's like, "Mm, it's a little broad, you know? And And then I'm like, um... Oh shoot, I remember there was this like hip hop dictionary thing, right? And then you learn about that and you're like, exactly. who are these people? Exactly. Oh, okay, okay. This is exactly. got it. And then it goes into like, wait, but I saw the Reebok in another thing. Exactly. And it's not that. That's the cabbage patch. And you're like, people can be wrong. It's like how you will find an artist, maybe, and then you start going down the rabbit holes of who are the features on this album? Mm. And then you're like, whoa, this person has a whole album that I also love. I love that. And then you're like, wait a second. Like, and then all of a sudden you're like, uh, you know, like well-versed in like deep trap music or whatever. Like, and you just know all these characters all of a sudden. It's getting to know the characters, you know? Mm. And at the end of the day, because dance is so small, there is in the dance community still a lot of gatekeepers. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, which is what holds the dance community together because it's how you earn props. It's how you earn respect. It's how you earn the ability to do things within the community. Yeah. So it's like finding out who those people are um, overall and then locally so you can start plugging in physically yes you know because it doesn't matter what city you're from there's someone in that city that loves commercial choreography and they watch all the youtube videos and they have dreams they want to move to la and they Mm -hmm. want to be a choreographer and they want to do the whole thing yeah so whoever that person is in your city you start dancing with them and then do whatever you can locally and what you'll find also is that because it's locally and it's it's big fish small pond Mm. is that all of a sudden Maybe when you finally graduate to moving to L.A. and getting 
um, all these gigs or trying to get all these big commercial gigs, you'll start to actually realize, damn, I really had a lot of power and play in my local community. Mm. Like, I was able to go to the local Nike store and perform. And like, whatever the random thing is for your community leader that's getting those local gigs, because they're who's hot there, all of a sudden you're getting like a plethora of experiences that you're just thinking, oh, this is just something I'm doing here yeah and it's not the big time the big leagues and then all of a sudden you get to la and you're like dude i can't even get into the la nike store to be a customer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let alone us doing like a small performance sure. here on a friday night yeah for like some cool corporate event like yeah. those things are going to happen in a local regional city that won't happen uh maybe in la and the impact is so much richer yeah right totally you, you think la wants another dancer they're throwing you back. Please, no. They're like, go home. Yeah, I, I, I've got a screenplay. Boy, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even read now. Yeah, like, exactly. There's too much out here. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so it's just like you can kind of squirm and kind of, you know, have a hard time when you first get to L.A. So um, it's very much an experience for people to then start realizing like a lot of times people do go back is cause they're like, Hmm, actually I was getting everything I need out of dance, just being local. And I yeah. could low key just like get a regular job and just like enjoy dance yeah. at as high of a level as I'm doing it locally and maybe be a community leader back home. Nothing wrong with that. In There's fact, nothing wrong with that. That is in fact, one of the best things to do you Absolutely. are you are growing roots yes and those roots will be fertile they will yeah. help others grow roots as well that's a really special thing and then it also earns the opportunity for people that do go and make it maybe even from your city to then come back and continue to build infrastructure locally so your city can keep churning out great dancers and yep. great talent um because it's just a different unique path for everybody and like the scene has just changed so many times since I've started dancing that it's like, like you're saying, as the years are going on, I'm just realizing how little you have to subscribe mm. to the paths that people are putting out in front of you. Mm. You know, like if I paid attention, if I paid attention less to how much was pushed on me as a dancer that I needed to know all of the commercial dance styles in order to get booked on a job as opposed to fervently pursuing the styles I'm most passionate about. Uh, maybe I would have a higher skill level in certain styles I really love today mm -hmm. because I might have been a little bit more focused. Yes. But at the time, it was ve made very, very clearly to me as a dancer that if I come to L.A. and I want to get booked as a dancer on anything, mm -hmm. that I must know all commercial styles and foundation styles, which are at the time not considered to be popping, locking, breaking. Yeah. All of those styles are not even in the mix. Sure. That's like special skills that you come uh, to and do freestyle. I see. And those are those people who do that. Yeah. So... Someone like me, who's a choreography dancer that can pop, maybe I can stay for the popping audition, but I'm gonna get smoked by um, popping Pete's son yeah. and like, yep. the people that need this gig because that's their whole skill set. Yeah. And then and on the choreography end, it's like I'm learning all these styles, but maybe like 
80% of those styles aren't getting used at all yeah. in any of these auditions. And I'm just being told and told and told yeah. that I need to go to these classes. Yeah. And I kind of did the math for myself when I was going to Monsters. I'm like, okay, I'm going to Monsters of Hip Hop and there's five different choreographers who have all different styles under quote unquote hip hop, which don't all feel like hip hop to me. Yeah. And I'm being told there that I got to know all these and they're telling me I got to do ballet, jazz. And, wow. and I'm like, and I've done ballet and jazz for a few years. I'm pretty much like hitting that. Oh, hitting that. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hitting that glass ceiling of where I hate this style. So I'm not going to get better out of sheer will. <laughs> like, yeah. I've learned the moves. I got the tendu. I got, you know, I got yeah. it all. I got my plies. I got them. Yes. But I'm also realizing in real time, I'm like, I'm sitting in these classes. My parents are spending their money and I'm just looking at the clock and like almost at a certain point, probably sabotaging how well, like, so, like in a sense, self-sabotaging mm. how well I'm really going to get because I just hate it. Yeah. I just want to be done. Man. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I just don't want to listen to the lady pluck on the piano and me do the yeah. leaps across. I just across don't want to do it at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather do the Fresno in the mirror by myself at home for free yeah. for another two hours than make my parents spend all their money and feel like they're giving me this huge mm. dance as a g- education that yeah. I'm like, you know? I think, I think what I'm hearing here is also um, you're sort of trimming the fat of what do you want to be nerdy about? Exactly. And I think that's really exciting because it, it is a very important part of the learning process. You start not knowing a lot. You ask a lot of questions mm-hmm. and you think you're interested. Then you meet people who are totally. interested in stuff and you learn together. You build together. Totally. Next step. Awesome. And then you start trying these things. And then you realize, don't like all of these things I know about. Totally. And that is an okay journey to go through. You should go through things like that. Hopefully, you don't have to go through so many dollars to yes, experience exactly, it. exactly. Because you don't make that much money as a dancer. I mean, especially during the early days, right? And I think that it is really important to start being okay with specializing. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Because it's like, all right, let's say your biggest goal is to be a dancer that does my gigs and then eventually maybe um, be a choreographer. Well, it would make sense to, yes, you're going to have to get some foundation and fundamentals in there yeah, um, because I utilize certain foundations and fundamentals. Um, but once you hit your glass ceiling of like, all right, I got the basics of this and I got it enough to do Ian's specialized thing and execute it at the top level and being... Um, you know, booked by him on things. It's really a lot of wasted effort to be so mediocre at the other 10 styles when it's like, Ooh, these three or four that Ian uses, I'm also still going to use while I'm pursuing mine. But Mm -hmm. now I'm going to add in these couple styles over here that Ian doesn't really use. And now I'm going to build my own recipe for my own cake, you know, that I'm going to bake, but it's going to be different. I I will say that it doesn't, that doesn't land in such a strategic and practical way when totally. we're doing it. Totally. We've got this 2020 hindsight. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And like we're like, yeah, do all this stuff, but you have to 
imagine you've been dancing for 19 years. I've been dancing yeah. for 14, 15 years. Yeah. It stumbles to you. It's, you time. stumble upon it. And I think it's really important that I, I'm really hearing you also talk about uh, where you found joy. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy in the moment to really say, like, oh man, I got, I got forgot. I got to, I got to have fun. Like, no, you don't think about that no, in that moment. No. You're trying to do everything you can to grow in whatever way you can. I also want to disband the, I, it's like a goal of mine to disband the idea within the dance world um, that there is or isn't a right way. Period. Mm. Because then these dance, like, all right, uh, I, I talked about him before, Shaq Reed. Yeah. He's a dancer that is a raw talent gift. A raw talent gift. Sometimes the programs that you find yourself in within dance are really discouraging of original creativity. Mm-hmm. So you can find yourself quite literally potentially dimming your own path and light in order to feel like you're honoring the dance community that you respect and love so much. And I found that happened to me a lot. Whereas I loved the dance community so much that I found I would struggle between like um, 14 and 18 because... Mm -hmm. I'm just, I mean, I'm really into the craft. So I would form very clear artistic opinions privately. And I'd be like, I don't like this choreographer's work. You know what I'm saying? And I would listen to my peers and maybe everybody I talked to was like, they are just the best. Oh my God. Every time I go in their classes. And I'm just like. Some deep voice friends. Yeah, what was that? Can we go again? Oh my God. (laughs) That's what it feels like in my head. I'm just like really like Mm. you know and not anything against that i just was i would be shocked to hear how much someone's opinion didn't match with mine and i would feel pressure Mm. to fake acknowledge how dope i thought something was that like i didn't agree with or didn't think was cool and because it would maybe be supported by the infrastructure within who's important in dance it would mold me and craft me to not only try and get in and recognized by mm-hmm. someone that maybe I'm just not a fit with creatively, yeah. but also like shift what I'm doing in order to be more neutral and mm-hmm. attractive to those that I might not align with as a creative mm-hmm. naturally. You know, so it's finding those opportunities and places, like you said, where you're really like happy and like obviously dance isn't just like smiles and laughs the whole time. It is a lot of hard work. But for me personally, when I'm doing something that I'm intrigued by and excited and really want to do, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And there might be physical. It might be more physical work than the thing that you actually hate. But the thing that you hate is going to be like that much worse because you're just like, I just don't like this. And then it really confuses dancers in their path because then they start to not know what to do with hating something that's near like adjacent to what they want to do. Mm. Right. So let's say you're potentially an incredible street style dancer. But all that there is for you in dance education is conventions. 
And then you're being told you have to learn all these styles. Yeah. Right. Sure. Maybe you could pick up on two, three of them to utilize within your freestyle. But what if what you're supposed to do is use your voice within the street dance community and push and pioneer via those outside resources that might not be immediately available to you Mm. within the traditional path? You know, and so I want to, like I've been saying earlier, I want to curate those pathways and experiences that people can meet dance at different places. Mm. You can, I want to throw live events. So it's like some non-dancer that thinks, oh, I'm not a dancer. I could never do that. They just see someone dancing in the circle that's maybe novice or whatever, but then they see, whoa, everybody like cheered them on and like gave them love. And then they're like, oh, maybe I could do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then they start going not only wow that was so cool to see in the dance community but then they start going maybe i could be in the dance community so maybe i'm a freestyler maybe you know and so when it's just so many experiences of like i was mentioned earlier i can only go to a master class in la and it's a high level class that's intimidating yeah what if what if that's not your path in dance? And then sometimes there's a lot of fringe things that dance world needs, which is why we don't have infrastructure at all, that it's important for you to have knowledge within dance, but then move on from physically dancing. A lot of people here at Steezy do that, right? Where it's like they're in the dance world as their career, mm-hmm. but they've moved on from physically executing the dance as in the forefront of the content or whatever in the dance world needs that so i feel like people need to have more outside the box experiences in dance so then they personally can recognize an opportunity Mm -hmm. of like oh the dance world needs this type of a person i can facilitate that because i went to law school or i went to schools of graphic design artists or whatever and then they can start mishmashing and help build dance up by these other assets that it's like well if the dance world if you take a pool of three thousand dancers and all three thousand of them want to be in front of the camera and be the choreographer it's like well you're gonna have a problem (laughs) that's why we made this podcast yeah (laughs) everyone has such a different story totally it's so cool i i think to sort of distill everything we were saying because we, we were we were talking about why like if a person wants to be a professional dancer, yeah. how do they put themselves into motion, uh, build momentum? Yeah. But I think one of the coolest things is you basically laid out not a, a, a line of a path, but actually a circle mm. that we consistently go through in our journey as a dancer. I'm sure a lot of artists or yeah. people of different varying jobs um, experience. We, we start by being interested. Yes. And become interested enough to start calling yourself a nerd. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm just so pumped. I'm so pumped to talk to the next person about this. Ooh, <laughs> yes. I can't help it. That's, so like, that's like me and cocktails, right? When you guys said yeah. that, I was like, <laughs> cocktails? Me and coffee. Yeah, yeah like, you literally. and coffee, right? And, um, and then we, we feel a limit to the experience. I am experiencing it so much mentally that now yeah. it's time to meet people. Yeah. And, and it's not just me going like, okay, but cocktails. And you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, all of a sudden it's like, oh, yes, this cocktail, this yes. and that. And, and now we're loving dance yes. together and we're yes. doing it together. And that that is, in my opinion, that is the most fun part about dance. Totally. However, we are not always able to c- keep that consistent throughout yeah. our life. And that is natural. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe you want to turn into a profession. There's a lot of friction when it gets to that point. You maybe sign with an agent. Maybe it's an agent that is less than savory. Maybe it's a wonderful agent. One that really just champions you and wants to make sure that you're able to do what you can do. And all of a sudden, you're working. That's so cool. But what often happens now after we're working after a bit, like you said, you might end up in a position that's almost adjacent to what you actually wanted. And then it really confuses you. Yes. It can just become so confusing because you're just like, I worked my whole life to get the opportunity to be in this position where I'm earning off dance, but I'm still not enjoying it. And then comes the ultimate horrible doubt for a super talented, gifted dancer, which is, do I want to do this anymore? Yeah. And then that, unfortunately, I hear dancers that are quite literally dancers say all the time that have gone on to do something else, oh, I used to be a dancer. Or they don't say I'm still a dancer. Yeah. They will say basically they quit dance. Yeah. And very often it's because they couldn't find and figure out a way Mm -hmm. to make their deep passion for this art meet a career or a regular um, type of experience where they can feel fulfilled. Yeah. In the realm of dance. And that's why I think it is a circle. Exactly. Because at that point, what a lot, this is much easier said than done, but at that point, it's almost time for you to become a nerd again. Literally. It's time for you to be like, all these kids nowadays are doing this, this dance on TikTok. What is that? Oh, it's a tone wop. What the heck is a tone wop? Oh, it's life. Oh, life eats a style. Exactly. That's a thing. Exactly. Oh, okay. It's not just a TikTok dance now. Now I'm interested. And that's why, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited personally about TikTok because it's a gateway drug totally. into dance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love and, that. And, and all of a sudden, when you get reinterested, a lot of your peers have moved on. They've be, done their other jobs and mm-hmm. such. And now you- All over again. You nerd it up. Start all over again. I got to meet up with somebody and- it's beautiful. It doesn't mean you always land in the position that you want, but the most important thing is that you remembered how you enjoyed dance. It was mostly out of curiosity and a necessity to to satiate that curiosity. Totally. That's why you met people. It's totally. not because these are the steps. I need to meet a person and then I need to do this. We need to experience life as fully as possible. It's your interest. It's your it's genuine your interest. interest. That literally, that's exactly what happened to me um, 2016. Basically, I felt... That like I was pursuing dance so evenly until like around 17. Mm. And then because I got so much opportunity as a choreographer that was like doing their own style, quote unquote, their own style. And like definitely trailblazing some ideas within dance. It felt like I just went off on this branch and then this branch was like almost becoming its own tree. And it's like this whole thing over here. And then I went like okay, now I'm just like sampling myself and now I'm just Uh, like regurgitating myself and I'm going further and further off in this direction and I'm like, what's happening with dance over here? You know, and then I basically got back into the freestyle scene because I was like, there's so much lacking within what I'm trying to pull from. I need to become a student all over again so I can have some new things to pull from in my body, in my brain, in my... And then I started getting back in the freestyle where I'm like, oh my God, I love dance. I remember uh, <laughs> I remember seeing you at Creatington 
Yeah. I, I was, you know, I was always doing like Slim's like battle yeah. games and yeah. stuff. And I was like, Enius, hey, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chivalry, that- Chivalry's dead, Enius? <laughs> <laughs> right here? I love that, bro. Yeah. yeah. And I'd be like the only choreographer in a lot of those things, like super often. And then it just like, that was just solidifying yeah. my approach. Cause I'm like, well, uh, now this isn't only something that I want to do and need, like, like feel I need to personally do. I'm like, damn, uh, someone from my part of the community also needs to do this Yeah. period. So then it starts to look, you start to realize different angles that you're not seeing yeah. when you like humble yourself and take yourself out of it. And mm. you're like, Oh, not only is this important for me in dance, but like if I stayed regurgitating my own material for another three, four years, what about all those people that I was influencing yeah. that are going to think this is all there is, or just get disinterested because it's boring after a while. Do, do you play video games? Uh, occasionally. Okay. Yeah, it depends. I, I, I don't play too much either, yeah. but there's, there's a thing called new game plus. Okay. A lot of times you finish a video game Yeah. and it's a storyline based one and it's done. Yeah. So what they often have is new game plus, which okay. is, it's the same game a little harder with a little bit of extra content sometimes. Cool. And when I think about the cycle we just went through, when you come back, when you, now you're back in the freestyle game, right? It's new game plus you, you're experienced. Totally. You know the stuff, but there's so much you don't know yet. You didn't fully explore, right? As opposed to you're about to beat the game and sitting and just keep fighting the same monsters and stuff and not actually completing. It's like, don't be afraid to finish it and go back to the start. Right. I, I really like that experience. Yeah. I think we really, we got to, to how do you build momentum? And then yeah. we just ended up highlighting an entire dancer's journey until they pass away. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> Till death. Uh, till death do we dance. <laughs> yes. yes. Anyways, I love that. Um, I think we should slowly wrap this up. Yeah. And I, I did have one really like interesting question I sent to you ahead of time. Yeah. It's a little bit of a left fielder, but okay. it's... um. Do you want to have kids? Oh. And I'll ask that second part of it after. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want kids? Bro, of course. Yeah? I feel like um, for me personally, I just grew up with like the best parents ever. It's just so supportive and just like living proof of basically just encouraging your kid to go about life the way they see most fit. Mm. you know and being open to like new technology and new opportunities and not being too subscribed to like traditional um approaches to parenting sure. and things like that um because honestly a lot of things that are so trendy and like you know status quo of how to raise your kid were things that i grew up with that were super rare for parents to do in the 90s Mm. you know what i'm saying yeah um being really liberal and open-minded and understanding of all types of people from all walks of life yeah and um even though that is like i said a trend i guess now i don't i feel that i can pursue that as a parent as a father in a way that um I think is something I should do in my life because um, I've just done so much mentoring and I just love nothing more than to see a tiny human uh, look at something 
be like genuinely intrigued and interested and then to learn about that thing and then like become someone who does that thing. Yeah. You know, and being able to be a support system for um, all the people I've mentored. And then, yeah, definitely uh, my future kids is like something I really, uh, I just would be so happy to see unfold what it would look like to be a teacher 24 hours a day. Because <laughs> that's the never ending teaching gig. Yeah, it is. You know, that is. and so much about my parents teaching art classes and seeing them teach also affected me as a person. Mm-hmm. And I would just be so interested to see how half of a mini me would turn out 20, 30 version, you know, or yeah. whatever. Um so yeah, man. If you, if you were looking at Sean Liu backing up his car, just imagine. That's what I'm saying. When you know what I'm saying, like one. we're gonna have these AI chips. It's like yeah. this kid's gonna be backflipping in the metaverse. Oh, that's that's how it's gonna work. <laughs> like, son, son, did you watch your hologram today? And eat your, eat your <laughs> exactly, <blog>? literally, <laughs> you know? yo. I love how I don't have to ask a second part of a question because you're in and you you answered it. That was great. <laughs> So um, just filled it in. I'm like, oh. Are you down for that? Let's <laughs> lay down. Check. Yo. Check. Me and Leslie get all the practice with her little nephews. Aww. They're like two twins, and like we. Wait, how could you be not? Yeah. Four? Yeah. They're four twins. <laughs> Eight? <laughs> um, no, they're like my little growing. buddies. We get all mitosis. Our, yeah, we <laughs> we get all our practice in with them. Yeah, and that's our uh, that's our little toddler mm. uh, practice. Yeah. and then we get grown adult practice at the studio. Because yeah. <laughs> uh. me and Leslie are very much like LA mom and dad for a lot of the younger. I see. I see. Going into twenties kids yeah well because i think about it the same way of how i would like to feel in la like when i was coming and staying in la uh during summers to do training yeah i stayed with tucker mm-hmm. and tucker uh, his girl at the time kayla yeah and they were my la mom and dad oh you know and it was like a really safe space for both my parents and me to know that I had people that were going to take care of me and, you know, not let any harm come to me. And I think, um, yeah, there's something to me and Leslie being in a brick and mortar house, brick and mortar, brick and mortar, old school house with a door and windows. That's like a place you walk up to and see a couple there like having a life, you know, like me and Leslie could be watching a movie looking goofy as hell, (laughs) like in our sandals and like shorts and like tank tops and everybody's just like going in for a super serious rehearsal and we're like how you doing (laughs) it's been a couple months welcome back what you been up to where'd you go how are your parents like you know and that's a good safe space to curate um 
in a way that, especially nowadays, there's not as many because of the pandemic. A lot of those community driven studios yeah. are gone. Yep. Um, and that's no, no shade to any of the studios that are still cranking. Yeah. It's just a different, um, kind of vibe, you know? And so it's kind of cool to have the vibe of like little mom and pop artistic place that these kids can come and just mm-hmm. talk to a couple, you know, yeah. that's like, we're pursuing our own, you know, life. And, uh, that's good to see in LA mm. period. Cause LA is just like, who knows? <laughs> who knows what's coming? He's wild. Out <laughs> well, Oh man, Ian, the curator Eastwood. Yo, that might replace DJ Icon. <laughs> He's getting a new aim screen name. Gotta go, gotta go see if that's curator four one six. Curator four one six at yahoo.com. That got it. <sighs> wow, I love that. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank bro. you for being on the podcast for opening up, sharing. Yes, bro. And um, thank you, Leslie. Yeah. The occasional chimes. Thanks for coming, babe. Yeah. Yeah. Your audience, anything. Oh, babe. Thank you. Thank you. Room for two chairs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, watch out! She's producing stuff now. She's hopping on a project as a producer. She's a producer. Who? She's a producer on a podcast. Oh, y'all better. Click and clack. Let's leave. I love that. You make it a thing so that the guest has to bring their own they producer. Have to. <laughs> it's like, damn, like yeah. that's an interesting thing. Like, <laughs> you tell people that like in so like own producer. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that, he's ooh. a bougie. Like. He's exactly how I thought he'd be. <laughs> No, Always but trying bro, to curate stuff. Literally. <laughs> I'm dead. No, I'm, nah, but bro, for real, props to you. Props to Steezy, as I like. I always love to say for you guys, I mean, it's not easy to set any of this up and take the time to do any of it. And, you know, I try and do this same thing with, even if I go to camps or organizers, I'll tell the room, like, yo, students, like, thank the organizers. It's not easy. A lot of times this stuff is either... um just for the love or sometimes like very often costing a lot of the people that are making these things um, out of their pocket. So I know that none of us listening to your podcast know the prep that you guys have to do. um, And it's difficult. And I just want to take a second to acknowledge that. And then just whoever's listening, you know, they should know too, that it's big shout out to you guys for taking the time um because we quite literally have to create that infrastructure with dance yeah and those ways to connect with dance um outside of uh a dancer getting up and physically moving their body um and those are the things that's going to keep us around doing what we're doing um so yeah bro congrats on that thank you ian i love you i gotta say it's it's a pretty easy setup for some reason i just show up in here and then (laughs) Poof. It's it's all here, and for some reason Josh is here too. I like it, bro. So, uh, it's kind of weird. Yeah, I'm, that I'm is really weird. Showing that's up, really time. weird. Show up at the right time. They'll yeah, think I did. yeah. It's so easy. Like there's already a camera. It's kind of weird. Love it. I love it, bro. Thank you, Josh. Yeah, we have a great team behind all of this. Nah, it's beautiful. It's been amazing. Come on, bro. Well, everyone, that's been the Eastwood Part Two, part of the CZ Podcast. Dang, we got a part two. We'll see you in the next one. <laughs> Love y'all. Reese's Pieces. Peace.
Thanks again for tuning in again. This podcast was brought to you by us, Steezy Studio. Be sure to get your dance on today, too. So if you want to get some exercise in, take a Steezy sweat class. If you want to just vibe out and feel good, you definitely need to check out a good groove along. Or if you're up for the challenge, it's time to finally start one of those advanced classes you've been eyeballing. We'll see you in class. This podcast was produced by Josh Jang and edited by Leah Gradonia. The theme song is Tempo by Neiman.